Yesterday morning, I had 101.8 degree temperature, um, and I spent all day getting cold and sweaty and all that other kinds, and then freezing and everything else and burning up. So um, I think I was going through menopause. Um, so, but that's all right. I'm still here, and uh, and we're just gonna we're gonna we're just gonna give. I'm gonna give the word today, and Fred, fortunately. Um, filled in at the beginning and everybody else was saying, I said, one of the interesting things is, apart from this thing making popcorn up here, um, we all have different songs that we sing, and, but it's neat. I was saying that just when different people sing them, we have a different kind of sound and feel, which um, honors God. So um, I just find that to be really cool. So anyway, um, bear with me. I'm going to try not to go into coughing fit. I got cough drops in this pocket. I haven't been sick. I, you know, part of this is my fault because the other night, I was. I said to um, <coughs> Melissa, I said I need to get sick so I can I can rest. And guess what? I got sick and I still didn't get to rest. So too much. Um, but here we go. Um, but I haven't been like sick like temperature wise in a long time. And uh, and I'm not I'm not very good at being sick. So um, all right. So here we go. Um, I want to, today I want to talk about, as you know, one of the interesting things uh, about being a pastor is I'm, I'm, by the time we get to Christmas, although we're experiencing Christmas here, I am already like a couple months ahead mentally. So I'm, I'm doing Christmas stuff, but I'm mentally somewhere else. And, um, and so like I'm, I'm already uh, making plans for our first service in the new building and everything. I'm already there. Um, and, uh, and hopefully I won't be as sick when we're there. But, um, you know, one of the things I, I just, I, I started, last week we talked looking back, um, looking back. And t- this week I figured we'd talk about looking forward. And in doing so, um, as, I, as we look forward as, as a church in this next year, um, and from this point on, there's a couple of things that um, I, I realize that when, we, when we've been together through this time, that I recognize that over the last several years, we've gone through various transitions. Transitions in space, which we're going to continue to go through. Transitions as people individually. Transitions from people individually that have been part of our ministry. And um, <coughs> one of the things I, I see that is needed is in order to grow forward, um, not only look forward, but to grow in that manner, that we need to have certain things that are in line, and um, and I find it as being a two two way street. So one of the things that I really believe that God is requiring of me is that I I promise to present the Word of God more clearly and honestly and bold as we go forward as a church. Um, one of the concerns that have been one of my concerns as a as a pastor in the recent years, has been where I've seen a kind of church light. You know what I mean? Um, where, and actually one of my favorite churches, Willow Creek Church in Chicago, um, came out after 20 years of doing ministry and apologized to the church for not making disciples. They said that what they had done <coughs> was make church about, com- made it comfortable but we didn't make disciples for Christ. So that's one of, one of the things I want to I uh, step up myself is present the Word of God in a more honest, in even more honest and bold 
than I had before. But that's a two-way street because there's something that's required of you as well. And that is, a, I, I ask for a willingness to listen and test me on Scripture. Test me and be willing to um, check and make sure whether what I'm saying is true. And then by doing so, as you delve into Scripture, which my Bible's falling apart, um, that you will make this your life map. You apply it to your own life, and you'll just take it more than just a <coughs> book that is, that is sitting on the side here, but you'll apply it to your life and really say, this is, this is my manner. So not only will you test me, but you'll test yourselves in, in, with the Scripture, okay? So as we do that, one of the things that I recognize is um, my son, my oldest son, I named Jacob. And I named him Jacob because um, Jacob got the name of, because he wrestled with God and with others and had overcome. And I had done a lot of wrestling with God over my life. And what I realized, I am now 41 and a half. <coughs> Hold on to that half. Um, and a couple months, actually in four months, I'll be 42. So, and I'm like, really? How did I get that old? I, I, you know, and while I was thinking about that, um, while I was thinking about that, I recognized at, that um, I'm at that point in life, which is a weird crossroads of balance between wisdom and energy. Because um, when I was at 21, I had lots of energy, but no wisdom. Or very, well, actually no wisdom. I started to say very little, but I actually had none. Um, and it, does that sound like it? And when I'm 51, I'll have lots of wisdom and no energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So as I look forward to this, um, there's some things that, uh, that I'm looking at. Um, right now, I would say I'm at this crossroads of wisdom and energy where they kind of match together. And so in doing so, <coughs> I want to... Utilize that here to help us grow forward and to dive in in a life map. So, in order to do so, I want to ask you a question. And here's our first question that we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to say this to you so you can think about it and I can stop coughing. Um, What would you do to make this year better than last year? If I ask you that one question, what would you do to make this year better than last year? Can you think of something? Can anybody think of something? One thing? Anybody want to share? Okay, try not to yell at the kids. There we go. I can relate to that. Yeah. Healthy parents, yes. Our parents had, yeah. Take you out of your comfort zone in a positive way? Tighten spending. Anybody else? Okay, feel stronger in the Lord. Okay, there's several different things that we would want to do. And as we look at this, um, we're going to take a look at some other ones. Um, I want to give you three resolutions, if I can make it through it. Okay. Three resolutions that we are going to deal with today. All right. Our first thing that I believe, we're going to look at these three resolutions. The one thing that we see is in the Scripture, when we look at 2013, what it will be, I find throughout Scripture that God wants to spend a lot of time, and he has a lot of time in the Scripture about our own, uh, that he wants us to have enjoyment. God intends for a lot for our enjoyment. And 
as I look at this, there are two things that I want to focus on as before we share these resolutions. Two ways to give to make 2013 better. Number one is to give 2013 away to others and to give it away to God. Two things that we're going to look at here. So the first thing, to give it away to others. <coughs> we're going to do that by our first resolution. You ready? First resolution. Anybody make any New Year's resolutions? How many made lose weight? Yeah, that's the number one. That's the number one of anybody. And then exercise is number two. And get healthy for me is number one. Okay. Um, anything else? Anybody else have any others? Renew your resolution? Okay, well, here you go. First one. Yeah, go ahead. Stay off of Facebook more. Gosh, that would be, that'd be great. I mean, I would, remember, like, remember like when we used to get, I was talking with somebody like this the other day. Remember when we used to get in our car and it was just us and the radio in the car? You remember that? Or, or for those of you as old as I am, us and the cassette player? Or for those of you who are older than me, you and the 8-track player? <laughs> click up, click up, click up. Okay, there we go. Um, for the kids, ask your parents. They'll tell you what it's about. Um, so we have those. Let's look. Financial resolution, number one. Our financial resolution is our first resolution. We found out. How many of you would like to make more money this year? Raise your hand. Okay. How many realized that uh, I found out from a friend of mine who analyzed the first thing that was passed to save us jumping off the fiscal cliff, that we're all going to earn 2%, at least 2% less. <laughs> right? All right, there we go. So already, no matter, you can, you can already, you started this year working as, if you work as much as you did, you're going to make 2% less no matter what. Happy New Year, right? And so if we look at that, but many of us are worried about how much we make and how much we're going to make. I think many people feel that way, am I right? And what we find out is, I want to, uh, my financial resolution is I want to earn more this year. I want to work very hard to earn more so I can be able to give more away. Let me say that again. So many of us want to earn more, but I would like to make a resolution this year. Remember, we're talking about giving 2013 away. And one of the things that I would, that I really believe that God wants me to do, and kind of Miguel was kind of talking about this, was kind of interesting, doing more, is that I want to be able to earn more money than I ever have in life so I can give more of it away. Wouldn't that, I, you know, like, I, any, how many of you did the Powerball thing? Anybody? I did. I put it in because you know the reason why I wanted to do it? Yeah, I wanted to pay off my bills. But the main thing I wanted to do, I've, I really would love to, love, to love to change people's lives. Just to give it away. I, I think that would be so cool to be so wealthy, you could just give it away and change people's lives. I think that would be so awesome of an experience. Um, so, one of the things that I found out, and I've done some research lately, $100. $100 if, if I took $100, there's a lot of things I could do with it. A lot of things I could buy with it. Matter of fact, that's usually like a trip for gum at Walmart. You know, you go in for gum and you end up with a $100 bill. I don't know how that happens. Um, and lots of bags. How did that happen? Anybody else like me with that? And, and one of the things I found out is $100 can feed a 1,000 children. Compassion International, which is one of the many organizations, has 
Um, $30 a month that goes to help feed and support children. Um, you know, what I started to think is maybe I'm starting to think backwards. Often in life, I often look at things and I often say, um, I want to wait and see how much I'm going to make and then I'll give. And, and, and maybe, just maybe God wants me to dream big and say, how much can I, po- God, if I had won the lottery, if I did this, how much could I possibly, how much I want to dream that I can give away? that I can give to help people. What would that be? And I'm going to trust you to work in that, to, to make that a reality. Um, one of the things, I have accounts for, every, I have certain accounts. I remember when Melissa and I, before we were getting married, I went ahead and I, um, I was working, I was doing outside sales for Heat and Earl Company, Heat and Oil, for those of you who are in, up north, Heat and Earl. Um, and, and one of the things I did is, I made a separate account that I took $100 away every paycheck and put it away so I could pay for our honeymoon. And we went, had a great time on our honeymoon in the Grand Caymans, and it was, it was really cool. And every time, I, every paycheck, I put something away. And I started to wonder, what if I just was progressive and had a giving away account? Wow. That it's something that I just used to put Something away. Because guess what? If it stays with the rest, what am I going to do with it? I'm going to go to Walmart and buy gum. You know, and that, that's going. What if I really wanted and desired to give it away? What if, I wanted to, what if I wanted to support somebody from Compassion International or World Vision or something like that? Or what if, um, what if I've said year after year after year, I want to be able to get closer to tithing and yet... By the time it comes and I've gone to Walmart a billion times, then I don't have anything to tithe. You know, what if I set aside a, a tithing account? Or what, what if I said, what if I'm good at tithing? I said, you know what, God, I want to be able to bless the church even more. Or I want to be able to give to missions even more. So I'm going to set aside an offering account that I could add more to. Um, see, being intentional about, about things, uh, being financially intentional. As we look at this... What does God say? Let's look at this scripture, which I put in your bulletin, because again, I told you, I want you to test me on this. Okay? I want you to look at this. In Luke chapter 12, verse 16, Jesus was great at telling stories about people. And this is not one that preachers like to preach about, but it's here, and Jesus talked about it. And listen to what he says in Luke chapter 12, verse 16. It'll be up here and also in your bulletin. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm, that produce fine crops. <coughs> he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not to have a rich relationship with God. <coughs> For me, I want to have a good relationship with God. I want to have a very rich relationship with God. And I want to be able to have a financially rich relationship with God. You know, many of us may say, Jack, but I'm not rich. And I can say that with you. Um, 
by, by many of the standards of this world, I'm not wealthy myself but by, uh, by, of this country. But if I look around the world, I am rich. How many of you walked to church today? Okay, there's a couple people. How many of you started off yesterday and walked to church to walk to church to get here? In, in Africa, when they want to go to church, they will start the day before and walk just to go to church. Um, how many of you are going to go someplace to eat after church? How many are going to go home and eat something after church, okay? Most of us are making decisions on what to eat or where to eat, not if to eat. Which most of the world is asking that same question. Are we going to eat? You see, it's not a sin to plan. It's not a sin to have wealth. But <coughs> I believe it is that, that God doesn't look upon it wonderfully if we hoard it up rather than sharing. So for me... I want to earn more this year so I can give more away. It's what I, what I personally want to do. I would love to do that. Um, so that's our first thing, okay? Everybody good? Okay, he's done the money. Everybody go, whew. Go ahead, everybody. One, two, three. There we go, okay. Love it when the preacher's done talking about money. Okay, next thing I want to do is talk about a relational resolution. Relational resolution. And in this, I want to be more intentional with my family and my friends. I want to be more intentional with my family and my friends. One of the things that I look at is, I've got to be honest, there are times in life when I'm talking with people, and I know you're guilty of this too, where you're talking, and, or let's, let me say this way, you're listening, they're talking, and your mind is a million miles away. Am I right? <coughs> they're, they're telling you deep stuff about your life. But you're here. How many of you have ever done that? How many find yourself doing that an awful lot in life? And one of the things that I want to do is I want to be more intentional about my family and my friends. My daughters will come in. They come in from dance or wherever they've been. And it's like, you know, it's like a billion stories about people I don't know. Does this make sense? Anybody have these? About people you think you may know or never know. And it's just boom, 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 all over the place. And you're hearing this, hearing this. And you're hearing it, but you're shutting it out. How many of you ever done that? Or they come in, my son comes in after school and he starts to tell me stuff. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yep. But there's, you know, one of the things I, that, I, that God's been telling me is I need to be more intentional about my relationships. I need to be more attentive to those relationships. Joe mentioned about our parents. One of those big things in my mind is to realize my parents one day are not going to be here statistically. And, you know, of course I could go out and get a car, a car accident or whatever. But statistically there's going to probably be a time that I'm here and they're not. Particularly with their health issues. So shouldn't I spend more time focusing and thinking about them? Some of you lost parents and loved ones. And that's a a tragedy. How many of you have family members that you just kind of like shut out for your own sanity? 
right? Well, so so you, can, you can use some of that. <coughs> but what, what does the Scripture say? The Scripture says this in Psalm 90, verse 12. It says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. To number our days. That video that we showed at the beginning talked about making it count. And, and when I look back on this last year, I realized there were so many days I was just trying to get to bedtime, to just get up and survive until I got to bedtime again. And there's something wrong with that. You know what I mean? That God has given me this wonderful thing called breath that I can make the most of in the day with him. And so shouldn't I want and have a desire to really make the most of it? Then on top of that, I look back at all the time I wasted on those days, and I was just like, wow, what the, what's going on here with me? Um, I gave a false sermon. Um, some of you may remember this illustration, may not remember anything else about it, but I talked about the difference between being a church of rows and one of circles. You remember that? Where in rows, we don't connect, but in circles, we connect with each other. And I really think that we need to embrace that more as a church. We need to embrace circular ministry. We need the people here need to spend time with the people here. And the people who are sitting on this side of the row need to spend time with the people on that side of the row. That's how we get to know each other and relate and come together. And spend more time taking it from just being a church where we come together here and there, into being one where we serve together. How many of you that served at the shelter this week got to know somebody in this church a little bit more powerfully and, and deeper, that you, could call, that you could see them and you grew closer to them? You know why? Because you spent time with them outside of here. <coughs> so I believe we need to open up <coughs> and to do that also more. It's a difference between this, by becoming disciples but also being involved in community, uh, the community of believers. Um, let's, uh, I w- let's look at some of these uh, other things. One of the things <coughs> that I saw, there was a, there's a song by Brandon Heath, who's a, uh, a Christian singer, called Give Me Your Eyes. Anybody ever heard that? Okay, Give Me Your Eyes. And in the lines of this, it says, Give Me Your Eyes for Just One Second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. Give me your love for humanity. Uh, give me your eyes uh, from everything I keep missing. Give me your eyes for humanity. I believe that when we're in rows, what, what's interesting, I see everybody's eyes right now because everybody's in rows. And when we look... when. Everybody's focusing on me, but if I set us in a circle, I, you would not be focusing on me, right? Some of you would, but we'd be looking at each other. We'd be looking at each other in the eyes. We'd be, and, you know, eyes, you can tell lots of things. Like some, somebody said to me, I can tell by your eyes you're not feeling well. Uh, somebody says, well, you're looking a little bit better. I said, well, that's the wonders of Motrin and Tylenol um, together. And, and my wife checked my forehead as Debbie started laughing as we were going out. That's my nurse wife. So, um, but I believe that we need to see with the eyes of Jesus people in this world. One, and how do we see that? Well, we've got a couple things printed in your bulletin. What did Jesus see? 
In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 36, it said Jesus went through all the towns and all that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every disease and illness. But look at this. In verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them. When he saw them, he had compassion. When's the last time we've looked at, at seeing somebody in this world and really had compassion on them? Next verse in Matthew chapter 15. Jesus called his disciples together and he told them what? I feel sorry for these people. When have we really felt sorry for people? Wayne and I were sitting there the other night, uh, overnight at the shelter. And as we were sitting there, I was, I was going through and this verse just kept popping up to me lately. And it said, um, practice hospitality. And it said, because you never know when you're entertaining angels in disguise. That's in the scripture. And I started, and I was saying to Wayne, I said, I wonder how many times I've been very unhospitable to an angel. I just wonder if that's ever happened in life where I was like, angel, I ain't got time for this, right? Um, So I wondered about that. Other scripture lessons. In Matthew 20, Jesus comes, look at this verse here. As Jesus and the disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting on the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming, um, they said, Lord, um, son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them, but they shouted all the louder. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and he called them. He said, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. And Jesus felt sorry for them. And what did he do? Touch their eyes. Not only does, with the eyes of Christ, do we, do we see and feel sorry for people, or do we feel compassion, but we also do something. We don't just sit idly by. Our relational effect changes our relationships with each other, but also changes our community around us when we begin to reach out and love, not only just by seeing, but by doing for the Lord as well. The third resolution I'm coughing less the more I go. I might be able to go for another hour. Um, the next is our... <laughs> everybody's like, no. Everybody else start coughing. <laughs> there we go. All right. Our influence resolution. Influence. Influence. What do you mean by this, Jack? I want to have a greater influence. And I want you to join me with this. My influence resolution is I want to lead at least two people to Jesus Christ this year. Now, two doesn't seem like a lot in 365 days, does it? But I I I want you to just grasp what that would do to your life but also what it would do to the nature of this church if you led two people to Jesus. You wouldn't double the church size. You would at least triple it if you led two people to Jesus. Right? Think about that. If you led one to Christ, one single person, individual, entity by themselves and they started coming with you here, or started going to another church, 
it would double the church. If you had two, triple, right? Everybody got the math now? The interesting thing about this is most people are not an island to themselves. Patty kind of reminded that about us here today. Chris started coming. Then June started coming. Then we had the whole, whole gang that starts coming and others. And I don't, I don't know what it would be like without Chris singing and dancing up here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Most of you came here because somebody else said something to you. Most of you came to Christ because somebody shared Jesus with you. Some of you are still trying to figure out this whole Christian thing right now, but you're here because something happened and you want to connect in a way. I believe that God, I, I know that God wants to lead people to him. That's why he came in the first place. I love the fact that Peter stands up at Acts and begins to speak, and then all of a sudden, 3,000 come into the kingdom. That's a powerful ser- sermon. And it says, in the, in the early church, they added to their numbers daily. Just imagine if you set the bar really high and say, God, I want to be like the early church, and I want to lead somebody to Christ every day. Imagine how that would change your life. Like the video said, are we making the most of each and every day? Uh, in the Emmaus community, they used to always talk about making a friend, being a friend, and bringing a friend to Christ. There's nothing greater that we can do than to help lead someone to Christ. As we look at our, our scriptures, today I want to share this one scripture from, from Romans chapter 12. Don't just pretend to love each other. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly what is good, and love each other with genuine affection. There are people in my life that are not Christians that I love dearly. But I'm wondering if I really love them if I haven't really taken time to share Jesus with them. Because if something happens today, they're not going to know the Lord. And I need to make sure that's a very important part. So all that in the beginning was about giving 2013 away to others. What do I mean by giving 2013 away to God? What do I mean by that? This gets back to the resolution, I guess you would call it a resolution, a a personal resolution. I personally want to grow to the point of giving 2013 away to God so I can stop, and maybe people will join with me, Stop being someone who is in pursuit of the wrong carrots in life. You know what I mean? Anybody ever had the carrots in life? Like there's things that are in front of us that we, we search after. And I found person after person who is left just so devastated. And so, when those things go away or when they fail them. I want to see us pursue something that God wants. I have talked to so many people over the years who have broken relationships. People who don't see their kids because they can't give up the pursuit of drugs and alcohol. 
I've seen so many people who can't pursue a good marriage because they can't give up their pursuit of who is right and who's wrong. I've seen so many people who are, who are so set and bent on finding out what is good for me, and that's the main pursuit, and lose about what's really, truly what Christ has in, in store for them. And I'm guilty of it too in seeking and pursuing stuff and giving my time and my effort and my focus and my direction and my drive and my finances and my passion and everything behind stuff that guess what? When that day goes, it's just a memory. But I want to go ahead and I want to I wanna have the eyes to see what Christ wants me to see. I want to see a person on the, stru- on the street or walking in the store that needs the love of Christ. I want to... I want to see lives changed everywhere I go because just like in the Old Testament when the shadow of the shadow of the apostle Peter fell upon people they were healed. I want to see Jesus move in a more powerful way than he ever has in this in this area in this land. I've seen so many people that can't get over what somebody said or did and have lived paralyzed lives. And can't pursue what God wants them to. In other words, I've I've seen people in pursuit of what I may call failed lives. Lives of the pursuit of misery. You know, we think it's it's something good, but we end up in a pursuit of happiness. Not happiness, but a pursuit of misery. You know, Paul said that we need to be kind-hearted and forgiving. But yet there's people who say, I can't forgive that. Why not us? I want to ask you this question as I wind down today. I want to ask you this question. What would it be like for you to give this year to God? To truly give, give it to God in your, in your home, in your family, in your relationships? What, what would change? There's a, there's a lot of different things that would change. One of the things that um, when, when you're up all night like Wayne and I were or sleeping in shifts, one of the things that you see is um, I was telling him that kind of like this, this time of year is kind of weird and I was telling Melissa the other day, I, I really got so I don't like this time of year much anymore. It's like brown, it's gray, it's, it's new, but it's old. It's, I, I don't know, I get, maybe I got that you know, seasonal affective disorder, I guess, I don't know. But one of the things about it as I look at is when, I'm, when I was looking at this, I think it's more of a season of life. That Remember when I said, you know, right now I'm like at this wisdom kind of, kind of energy stage. And as I was doing this, I stopped and I started looking back at some of my spiritual fathers, the people that I always looked up to that were the ones that helped me grow and become a Christian and were the ones that I could pick up the phone and call and they would give me some advice or strengthen me. And what I started looking at and finding is I came up with a list. I came up I looked up uh, Jim, and I realized he's struggling with dementia. I looked at my dad, Connie, and I realized he's got his own health issues breaking down. 
Um, Bill. Bill's dealing with a wife with Alzheimer's and he himself diagnosed Parkinson's. Kenny had his own health issues. And then I found out another guy who was a superintendent. He was probably the one superintendent. Some of you may remember John Mitchell, superintendent that was uh, with the United Methodist Church in this area. Just found out this week he's diagnosed with stomach cancer. And I'm seeing all these people who are spiritual fathers in my life. And Wayne said to me, guess what? You're the one for somebody else now. And I didn't like that answer. It was, it was right, but I didn't like it because guess what? That means I have to grow up. Right? I liked when I was a kid. Did anybody like when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I griped about when I'm older, I'm going to do this and so and that and this and that. And when I got older, I was like, man, I wish I could go back and say I was going to do that stuff and realize it never happened. You know what I mean? I think what God is calling me as a resolution is to grow up in him and to realize I am not just, I'm not just Jack who can turn to John Hobbs and Kenny Davis that I can't turn to Bill Salmons and Connie Cohen. Jim Jones and John Mitchell. I can't just turn to those people anymore, but that I need to be the person that people can turn to as a solid person in Christ. You know what I mean? I think that's important for this next year and the rest of our lives, for each of us to be somebody who is solid in the faith. I want to be that for the Brendans and the Jacobs and the Tommies and the Kimmies and the Nathans and all them. That's who I want to be for Jesus. You know what I mean? Don't you want that? Don't you want to be that person that people look up to as a solid person for Christ? We need, we need people that stand up for God in strength and make resolutions that my life is going to be a song. My life is going to be a road map, a life map. For you. Now, one of the things I, you know, I'm, I'm transitioning out now, so when you guys can come on up. But one of the things I, I survived, and um, I told you I could go on another hour. Here I go. I'm ready. One of the things that I think um, that has been probably one of the most devastating things that I've seen that has been to the forefront, and it's affecting people of all, of all um, walks of life. And uh, I've been wrestling around with God about this, but I'm going to put it together. Is I want to do a brief series early in this year on depression. I've just seen so much of it. And anybody else see any of this? Anybody else experience any of this? Um, Just so much depression. So much depression. How can we know the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is my strength, but we don't know the joy of the Lord because we're depressed. And when we hear that our money is going to be 2% less, that just makes us that much more joyous, doesn't it? Praise God. And we worry more, and it just increases more depression, and not only financial, but also just relational, and all these things. And we don't feel like we have any influence. My challenge this year is that is, I, I want to I just kind of see God come in and just wipe away depression from our, from our lives, you know? Um, we really need that. Don't you agree?
Uh, right now, I have no clue what I'm talking about. I'm on drugs, so it's all good, right? <laughs> but, but um, you know, it, what we need is we, we need to get this in our lives more. We need to get back to the Word of God. And, and so my, again, just to bring this full circle, the thing I'm going to promise you is that I am going to be even more bold and honest about this. And I want you to be more intentional about checking me on it. And I want you to bounce back and forth. As Miguel started, I don't want to get to heaven and thought that I could have done more. I don't want to get to heaven and recognize that I could have lived a more joyous life for God. I don't want to get to heaven and see all those spiritual fathers that are going to leave, and mothers, I could add them in here too, that are going to leave this world before I do and get there. I want, I want them to say, wow, thanks for pushing that faith on and continuing on. It's in your hands. It's in our hands, all right? Okay, I'm done. Stand up.